Welcome to the Holiday in Style podcast. I'm Katrina, founder of Studio Haven, mum of three boys, and I am obsessed with holidays. Join me as I chat to the owners of the beautiful holiday homes of Australia and share in their success and learn how you can elevate your own holiday home through interiors, as well as hear about your next wish list travel destination. So if you enjoy gorgeous getaways, you love interiors, own a holiday home, or you want to own one, then the Holiday in Style podcast is for you. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Holiday in Style. I have actually been looking forward to this episode. I'm going to be interviewing Bernadette Jansen. A couple of weeks ago now, she interviewed me for her podcast, which is the She Renovates podcast. And we walked through my studio space and she had a chat to me about how we converted it into a photo shoot location and how we're now earning an income from it. So if you'd like to listen into that one, you can head over to the She Renovates podcast and find that one. That was actually a few weeks ago. So head over and listen to that one. Otherwise, today I'm going to be interviewing Bernadette and Bernadette is a mentor and the founder of the School of Renovating. She started this school back in 2013 because she wanted to have an impact on the world. She wanted to help creative women to channel their flair and love for homemaking into an income with renovating and Airbnb. So Bernadette's been obsessed with renovating since she first did her first project at 13 because she realized that by changing her surroundings, it changed the way she felt about herself. In over 30 years of renovating since, she's discovered that you can solve a lot of life's problems with renovating. So I'm really excited to share this interview. We dive a little bit into renovating and purchasing a holiday stay, a holiday property, and she shares some of her tips around that. And I can't wait to share it with you. So let's dive in. So if you just want to share a little bit about yourself and tell us who Bernadette Jansen is. So exciting. (laughs) So, yes. So as you said, I'm Bernadette Jansen and I started out life in country Victoria and trained as a a, a nurse. I was a registered nurse. And, um, but I always had this passion for, I think, probably the same way that you did, Katrina, you know, making sure that my room was as beautiful as it could be. And yeah, so I always had this thing about renovating. And so when I did the first reno on my room, my at home on the farm, I really got this um, sense of power Mm. and I just really loved the way it made me feel. And so I was hooked. And so then I went on and renovated the family bathroom. Like I was about 15. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, and I had this boyfriend that was a bricklayer. Like He was a rubbish boyfriend, but he was a great tiler. So he did the tiling. And, like, my parents must have been crazy because, you know, like I would not let my 15-year-old at the bathroom. But anyhow, oh, no. <laughs> and as time went on, I met Stephen, who is my husband. We've been, you know, married for nearly 40 years. And he also had a similar passion for renovating. He'd actually done a project or two and hadn't really done that well out of it. 
And so we, you know, we joined forces and then, of course, we got married and had four kids. And so renovating has been the thing that I've sort of always done in the background. And it was, yeah, and it's just something that we really love to do. We now do it with our kids um, as well. And so I always think that a family that always has a project on, they have something a little bit more interesting to talk about than day-to-day stuff. So mm-hmm. it sort of helps keep harmony in the family because there's yeah. always something an interest. Yep. And yeah, so that's pretty much where I am. Oh, so talk, do you want me to talk about when I started the School of Renovating? Yes, please. So I'd been sort of at this on and off for quite a number, probably about 20 years, and I sort of, you know how when you when you are addicted to renovating, <laughs> yeah. all you can see is really what you could do to the property. Like you're really driven by how, you know, building your techniques and how beautiful you can make it look. Mm. And I sort of got to the stage where I thought, we're actually really not making enough money out of this. And we were um, we were working really hard. Like Stephen uh, was in the building industry. We did a lot of DIY, like he would do the roof frames, I would do the tiling and, you know, worked really hard. And I just came to the point where I was just really over it because I thought we're working hard, we're not making the money, Mm. I'm just going to stop. So I did stop for quite some time. And in the meantime, I renovated a business, a food business, because the other thing I can do is cook. Um, And... But that was a real um, sort of an an epiphany because I realised I actually had to learn how to make money out of food where I'd never done that with renovating and it sort of really, I turned about. So Mm. I went back to renovating. I actually did really well out of the business. Yep. Back to renovating and um, but just firstly outlawed DIY um, and really restructured how we operated and that was the beginning of the School of Renovating. And what's kept me going in it is that I really created what I wanted for myself, like a community of women who love to create yeah. and but to do it profitably. So mm-hmm. that's where we're at now. And that's when you came into my life. Yes. And I, I really, um, you and I have quite a lot in common, I think, because we're both very ambitious and very hardworking, very, like to keep busy all the time. Um, husbands who are in the building game and love renovating. And, yeah, I do courses as well. So, and I think it's, um, it's uh, I love being in this group and I'm only fairly new, but um, I came into, into your world because I needed the kick up the bum to start actually moving forward with it, but also to learn to... Um, about the feasibility of property and where to buy and what's the right property to buy. And I'm just learning so much, not only through the course, but from all the other women around me as well. So I think, I just think you've built such an amazing community. And, you know, I really take my hat off to you because honestly, don't know how you renovate and run a business at the same time because I'm just keeping it all together, you know, running the business and the family, let alone, you know, taking yeah. on a renovation. Yeah. Mm. Well, I have to say um, I think there have been plenty of renovations that I probably shouldn't have taken on. Yeah. But, um, you know, you know what it is. And I was just going to say you and I also share the uh, problem of 
staying awake at night thinking about all the things yeah. you want to do. And yeah, so yeah. Oh, I know it never ends. Honestly, my husband always says, "Can you just like relax for five minutes?" So actually, no, I can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. and, that, and you talked about something that is really common uh, with women that are married to men in or, or women in the building industry. I have to get a bit mm. more correct yeah um in the building industry is that um trades and contractors come at it from a totally different um place mm-hmm. and that i think for lots of people contributes to a lack of profitability because you know there's a very big difference um between being a, a contractor who works for clients like if something goes pear-shaped you 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 know you 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 can call up a variation, but with yeah. us, you know, when you're doing it for yourself, that's not a possibility and just yeah. blow out. So you sort of got to be a bit mm. strategic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And are you working on something at the moment? Have you got a project going at the moment? Yeah. Well, um, so I'm working on the longest project in history at the moment because <laughs> we bought a property with two of our older children, our two eldest children mainly because it was so cheap and we all had money invested not getting much return on it. And I got this and I said to them, how about we do a project? But because we paid cash for it, because it wasn't a lot of money, um, there's been no urgency to get it finished. Um, That's a little, but we're on to it now. We're on to it. It's a little um, studio in Darlinghurst, very um, cute little studio. And so, yeah. So that's one, sorry. Second one is, so one of the things that we're doing with our kids is working through them and doing a project with each one of them to give them at least 100000 in cash to take into their property journey. And we're up to number three. And we just settled on a project with her in Ichuka. And that's actually a micro development strategy. So it's Reno plus a small development. Um, and so we will get started on that in about six months we're going to put a tenant in straight away and so that's the next one and the third one is on our own home and it's something that we've been uh thinking about doing for a while where we're um basically want to age proof our house and also make it more beautiful because we initially bought it as an investment property and it's you know it's very practical mm-hmm. um and so that's quite a big renovation. We're putting a lift in and stuff like that. So. That's a bit fun, though, too. You're sort of looking more into that interior design and, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and I might need some help, Katrina. Yeah, <laughs> always here. Um, and the yeah. one that you were talking about with your children, you call that the avocado smash. I really love that concept. Do you want to share a little bit more about that? Because I think that's a really great way as parents to be able to help your children. It is. Now, uh, the first two, so basically what you do, or our our structure is that they need to be um, employed. They need to have a stable job where they can get a loan. And so what we do is we put in the cash component of a project, which represents the stamp duty, the um, the deposit, the renovation costs, and the holding costs until it's sold, if it's going to be sold. Like, with one of them, it was he originally bought his own home, but he decided he wanted to sell it because he wanted to start his own business, mm-hmm. and that was David. 
So we've done two so far. The first was our eldest daughter, Hannah, and we bought a property, a two-bed, two-bath apartment in Redfern, and we renovated it and sold it and made $155,000, well, just shy of $155,000 in profit. Mm-hmm. And so the rule is that they get $100,000 and we take whatever's left, so we keep it all fair. Yep. Um, second one was David's. We had to hold that for longer because it um, it sort of became ready just as the property market nosedived after the um, Royal Commission. Mm-hmm. And so we held it for a bit longer and um, sold it and it just made 100000 profit, which he took. And now the one with Madeline, who's already, she's married and they've already bought a home for themselves. So we've um, we've bought this property. It's in a lower price point, so only yeah. 540000 and it's a different strategy in order to get that at least that hundred mm-hmm. from a lower price point. So when yeah. we come out of it, we will each. So basically, what we're doing is we'll renovate and sell the house off, and that money goes into the deal. And then we um, we subdivide the block and build a duplex at the back, and we'll keep one each. So we've both got an investment property out of it with mm. high equity. Yeah, I love that. I love that concept. Yeah. yeah. Mm, Yeah, so you don't actually have to sell the property. It really depends on the child and what their um, needs are. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Yeah, very good. And Mm. as you know, we are all about over here the um, short-term rental and I know that you've had a fair bit of experience in setting up and and running short-term rentals. So do you want to share a little bit about your experience in that? Well, um, the first property I set up um, on Airbnb, it was, mm-hmm. had been almost 10 years ago. Yep. And Airbnb was unheard of. And um, we renovated this little studio. And really what I was trying to do was figure out if you could make money on a really cheap property. It was the cheapest property I could buy because it was I'd started working with other women and not many could afford to buy a house in Sydney. And so that's what happened. Anyhow, long and the short of it, came to when it was ready to go to auction and I thought, you know what, since it's styled and it's so beautiful, we furnished it ourselves, mm. um, I'm going to try this Airbnb. So I posted it on Airbnb and in those days, you know, Hardly anyone was on there, so it just yeah. went like wildfire. So within 24 hours, the whole month of the settlement period was booked up and it reco- we made about an extra $4,000 in return. Wow. And so that's what really got me. I thought, this is actually really powerful. <laughs> yeah. Because that sort of, it is life-changing amount of money, just mm. one little property. And so what Airbnb did, it, or short-term rental, enabled us to be able to do apartment projects uh, because, um, you know, you have to get approval and it can take a long time and you don't really want to put a long-term tenant in because you don't know how long you're going to have to wait and all that sort of thing. So you can actually whack it up on short-term rental provided the building allows for it Mm. and have income coming in the next week. Mm. So over the course of the last decade, I've had anything up to 10 properties on at once, you know, various stages of waiting to for me to do something with it. But in the last few years, I've realised that 
you are way better to have less and do them really, really well than to um, than to have more. Mm. In fact, the call I was on before we met was, you know, strategizing that very thing, like how mm. many, it was the arbitrage model, so where you rent to list on short-term rental, mm. how many do I start with? And it starts small and really build up because you want to get your process in, processes embedded because if you mm. get too busy, um, you, you know, you your standard starts to slip, you start to get those reviews that aren't quite as good and that impacts your income. Definitely, so, and I think these days too, it the competition out there is is you know a lot. There's a lot more on the market, and people are offering a much higher level of experiences and customer service, and you know, so you have to be able to be up there to be able to get the money that you know you want to get for it. So I, I, I completely agree. agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. and part of our reno is actually luxing up. We mm-hmm. live in inner city, but we have a ground floor that is dedicated to a separate dwelling. Mm. So part of the renovation includes luxing that up yeah. so we're able to get the standard up. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what's your take on it? You know, there's a lot of talk about there being, uh, you know, way too many holiday homes and, and Airbnbs coming on the market now and, you know, that taking away from long-term rental. What's your take on all of that? What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I used to think that um, that it was good to have some bread and butter type Airbnbs, like ordinary suburban ones, for when you know people are traveling to a ver- different areas, you know, to go to family things. Mm-hmm. But now I really think, as investors, that we sort of have a responsibility to provide some long term as well as short term accommodation. I mm-hmm. like to think we can balance it out mm. like every long term one you've got that you have a short term as a uh, short term one you have you also have a long term because there's a real problem and like i do also think that airbnb has moved more to the destination type experiential stays yeah and and less so about the everyday you go the night yep. yeah yeah and mm. certainly like our ground floor during COVID was almost completely booked out all the time. But mm. the main reason for that was we allow our pets. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, you've got to, you've got to have a niche. And if you're feeling, I see if we're fulfilling a need for people that are renovating and need somewhere to go with their pets, then that's equally as honourable. But I do feel that it need we need to consider the yes. needs of the country. Yeah. Mm, yeah, definitely. And also if you could give us um your kind of tips on purchasing a property for Airbnb or for, for holiday rental. So and that's where sort of I uh that's where I came in to coming into the course too is just you know, when you're looking to purchase a property that you're going to be putting on as an Airbnb, you have shared a few tips with me and I just wondered if you could yeah, definitely. everyone else. Yeah. So the first one is to, if you're looking at a property, um, obviously, I hope this is not too obvious, but I have to say it anyhow, is to make sure that the area in which you're buying allows 
you know, you understand the rules of the area, like allows you to have an Airbnb without requiring expensive approvals mm. um, and so on. And, uh, yeah, and that you're across all the issues and laws around property in general, like in particular this last month or so, Queensland's changed its land tax laws. And now if you own a, do you know the details of it? No. So now with Queensland, even you may only have one small property in Queensland, investment mm-hmm. property, what they do is they add up all your investment properties and they tax you as if they're all in Queensland. Oh, yes, I have heard that, yes. Yeah. So um, and that can really just eat away at your profitability. So mm-hmm. not understand the laws impacting mm-hmm. the area that you're buying. Yeah. The next one is to ensure that you do adequate research to make sure that it's going to be profitable. Mm. So one of the um, a really quick test to do is to go onto AirDNA, um, go to um, type in the address of the property you're looking at, and it will spit out um, some numbers on what it assumes that your annual income from that will be. Now, it's not the be-all and end-all. I wouldn't rely purely on that because you then need to dig into those numbers and make sure, unfortunately, it's it's not 100% reliable, but start digging into the numbers to see whether they are, you can rely on them. And also comparing with high performers in the area. So if you have a um, an account with AirDNA, you'll be able to get in to see what other properties in the area are earning because it's mm. hard when you look on Airbnb and you can't figure out, you know, mm. is that blocked out because they've got a guest or is it blocked out because they've just decided to block it out? Mm. The big one is to know your niche. Now, um, uh, this is something that you would know a lot about, Katrina, because yeah. that's your business to, yes. um, to style a property um, according to your market. Yeah. Um, and then, and so, you know, I mentioned to you that we have a lot of people that have pets. Mm. Um, our, our property has concrete floors, so it just seemed obvious that we would allow that. Yeah, easy. And as it's turned out, it's it's a it's a big draw card. Mm. But um, you know, for other areas, if you're a destination, you want to know the types of people that you're going to attract. Um, while we're on retreat, we saw a gorgeous property in Trentham mm-hmm. where families, you know, and they've got a very specific target market. So knowing that target market and tailoring your branding and your um, your experience. Experience, yes. Needs, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing those. You're very welcome. Yes. Um, and another thing I wanted you to share is any tips on if you're buying a property for uh, an Airbnb, but you're also looking at that property property as an investment that's going to increase in value, so you want to look at it as something that's going to bring you back a re- good rental return as far as Airbnb, but also have that growth as well. So I think uh, something, a really important point is to sort of buy for the long term but make the most of the short-term opportunities mm-hmm. because if you say buy a property for specifically for Airbnb and something changes um, to that that doesn't allow you to continue on the short term market, then you want to make sure that that's not going to be a deal breaker. 
Mm. So that's really the first thing I would say. Is that the sort of thing you're thinking yes. of? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and in terms of improving it, particularly on Airbnb, you want to make sure that it's easy maintenance, easy to keep clean, easy to keep looking tip-top. Mm. Uh, like it works for both long and short term, but if you if it's not and you're on Airbnb, it will be a headache. You know, mm. you'll be getting people, um, you know, are giving you low, you know, poor reviews because, you know, the bar- you know how bathrooms, the, the grout doesn't stay clean and it's not, yes. if it's not sparkling. Attention to detail. That's it. Yes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because you, you do actually have people in there grading it and marking it <laughs> and telling you and reviewing it and telling you the things that they don't like. So you don't want to give them anything to give you a bad review. So, yeah. Not. Mm. I think another thing, now we're not talking about improving property now, really important to create a relationship with your guests because mm. you'll find that they will be far more forgiving of you and it doesn't matter how good you are as a host, stuff happens. Yeah. Um, and so it does, yes, yeah, so making sure that you have a relationship, but that's off the topic. Um, in terms of improvements, uh, I shall step back a minute. In terms of buying property, I always like to buy property that's got more than one opportunity, okay? Yes, so yeah. if you're going to buy a, a house on a small block for Airbnb, try and get something bigger where there's some future subdivision potential. So you're basically getting two deals out of one purchase. Mm, so that's, yeah. That would be my top tip. A lot of people think, oh, you know, I'll just buy a little unit. Well, it's not a huge amount you can do to a unit. You can do cosmetically renovated, even structurally renovated, and that will push it up a little bit. Mm. But you've got to be able to, I like to get maximum return out mm. of buying a property. So that's probably another one. And last one, like all investment properties, kitchens, bathrooms, indoor, outdoor, entertaining, mm. you know, nice and changes. Yeah. 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 Nice styling, yeah. What about um, there was a, something we talked about when we were on retreat that somebody did and it was turning um, a garage into another bedroom and increase, increasing the and doing that. Okay, that so that was something? more on a renovation profit mm. um, side, but basically what... Does that work as well in adding an extra... Yeah, it depends what start, what size property you need for your particular area. Because, you know, mm. if you're a long way away, then mm. if someone's coming there for weekends, you're probably going to want a bigger property because they want to bring their family, spend the whole week in their, weekend there. So if you're able to convert a three-bed, one-bath into a four-bed, two-bath, mm. exponentially increases the value, but it also exponentially increases the capacity for income from airbnb so mm. something a really simple thing to increase your airbnb is just put a sofa bed in and so that you can accommodate two more people Next to so two people two more bedrooms on and another bathroom well obviously that's going to have a massive impact mm. what it also does is it increases the potential for party houses and yes. so that's something that you do also need to manage need to be aware of yeah yeah for sure yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's been fantastic. There's something else I wanted to mention too that I really love is the the way that you uh, really support women in in a way that 
empowers them to have financial freedom and not be reliant on on a man for (laughs) for uh, their retirement and financial security and that's something that I'm very passionate about as well and I feel that in what I'm doing and I see a lot of women that are that are actually the ones that a lot of them yes they have men by their side who are helping them to step into this kind of career Um, but they are running these properties and I I know that you have you've spoken a bit about arbitrage today, but that that is, is that something that anybody could do with a very minimal setting up costs. So for those who don't know, arbitrage is where you um, rent a property and you list it on you style it and set it up and list it on short term mm-hmm. rental. Now I have this, I started thinking about it when I first created a course around Airbnb to help our renovators. So I wasn't really interested in going down the Airbnb path. And one of the, our students, it was when there was a glut of units in Brisbane, one of our students actually uh, went into one of the buildings that was pretty well vacant. And over a period of a year, she rented 18 apartments and took her income from this to around about half a million in a very short amount of time. And so that's really what I, when I realised how, you know, what the application of that Mm. was for. So I also did it myself because I don't like teaching something I've not done. Um, And now we know that it's quite possible to do. Everyone says, uh, asks, do you let the landlord know? Absolutely. Mm. You absolutely set it up legally. Um, because otherwise you're leaving yourself exposed. But you have the capacity if you, um, you know, just start small and really work at getting your income up of really producing a six-figure figure mm-hmm. income without ever owning a yeah. property. And and in some ways rent's cheaper than a mortgage. <laughs> so great way to start. You probably need to budget around probably at least 10000 to get one mm-hmm. set up. But, um, you know, for someone that doesn't have sufficient income or money to invest, it's a really powerful strategy. Yeah, yeah, no, I just just want to touch on that because I just think it's such an interesting way to to get in an income. Yeah. Yeah, so, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say we do definitely like to bat for our Absolutely, yes, we do. Is there anything else you wanted to share with us about uh, the School of Renovating or Women? (laughs) Well, of course, we love love the School of Renovating is soon to rebrand as She Renovates. Mm -hmm. And we have a great conference coming up. So we had once a year, we have a conference that um, where we have um, Education and inspiration for women who love renovating, and that's going to be coming up soon um, in the end of October. So for anyone that's interested, we will also be talking about Airbnb at that conference, but the title is The Million Dollar Renovator. And so, yeah, if anyone is interested in the topic and would like to learn more about what we do, we would love to see you there. Yeah, and I'm going to be there. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Well, I want to just thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed chatting to you and I always enjoy chatting to you and listening to you because I just think you have such a wealth of knowledge and 
just enjoyed having you on here. I'll I'll share all the links to your conference in the show notes and also to the School of Renovating and or She Renovates and so that everyone can find you there. Beautiful. Thanks so much for having me, Katrina, and thanks for being in our lives because, you know, it's beautiful women like you that make our what we do such, you know, so so much fun and, yeah, so it's great to have you. Thanks, Bernadette. If you enjoyed listening to this episode today with Bernadette and you're somebody who wants to learn how to renovate and how you can create an income for yourself through renovating, then the School of Renovating is something that you should definitely look into. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you to go straight over and learn more about it. Tell her that you heard this episode and that you have come to learn more because this is something that I signed up for. And not only am I learning and gaining confidence in where and how to find property, because that's something that I was not very confident in, but also the community of women who are doing freaking amazing things with property. It is mind-blowing. Some of these women, they are doing micro-developments, they're developing properties, amazing things. So make sure you head over if that's something that you're interested in, because I can guarantee you will not be disappointed with what you will learn within this group. So thanks for joining in and listening today and make sure you leave me a review if you like this episode. Thank you so much for listening in with me today. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would love it if you could share with your friends and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're ready to transform your holiday property into a must-stay holiday destination, you can head to the link in my show notes or send me a DM over on Instagram at studiohaven underscore au and I will send you my top 10 tips to transform your holiday home from drab to fab. Let's work together to transform your holiday home into a must-stay destination. Thank you.